So I was telling Hannah about this earlier today, yesterday, maybe, and I shouldn't share it with you guys, but it was Emmy's birthday uh, two weekends ago, I think, at this point, June 5th. I might have already spoiled this story for Patrick. Oh, <laughs> this will be new to me. It's, like it's not. It's not something that I should be telling other people. It's not. But you'll, it, you'll tell it better. It's not a good quality. It's not a good thing I did. It's a bad do thing. Do you want this edited out or do you want it in? I don't care. No, he wants it in. He wants it in. Uh, <laughs> I have an irrational... Uh, I don't feel like I'm a very controlling dad, but I have an irrational fear of my kids potentially like riding around on a scooter and flip-flops at some point in their life. And I just don't <laughs> want just it to happen. just think that kids that do that are jerks. It's not that I think they're jerks. I just don't want that for my children. It sounds you like know? you don't want your kids to be cooler than you. Because that's what that kid <laughs> they, sounds like to me. They're already... If you listen to the story I'm telling right now, Zach... Is it because you think it's They are already cool. They could stub their toe. <laughs> I just have an aversion to... I know. You just don't like the aesthetic, right? The scooters. And I have an aversion to, yeah. like, some eight-year-old unathletic white kid in Crocs, you know? It's just... If they want that, and we have it in the budget, sell enough cables, they can have a scooter, I guess. But <laughs> I'd prefer a lot of things to happen before then, you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, <laughs> porn addiction, before better life choices. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got them those skateboards for Christmas. They've started to dabble. So cool. We'll see. I mean, they're pretty good on the balance bike. I watched yeah. those videos you sent me, like five times oh the little jumps it's like insane yeah they're really cute those bikes are not built for that i don't think yeah. i'm surprised they've held <laughs> no. up as long as they did um but it's hard to get them off that because they're like good at it so they don't want to like mess with anything else they don't want to try anything else and that's my fear with the scooters is like a scooter is easier to pick up like you can pick that up in a day and roll around on it and yeah and it is like easy why would so. you want to try to skateboard because it's so much more hard you know you're gonna fall you're gonna break yourself skateboarding so so we'll work on that and then we'll just keep keep going with like the 5 a.m. baseball workouts that we've been doing and they'll grow up fine. Have you really been doing that? <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, but they did hit off the I tee. I assume your kids wake up at 5 a.m. though. So that's why I thought maybe you were serious. Uh, it got a little better. Heart slept till nine yeah. the other day. Here's a baseball question for you. You were a pitcher, right? Yes. Did you use these doctoring substances? Ooh, you pitch? Good, never did. Good question. Never did. Is it, is that uh, a, are you winking at me as you say that? Or is that a real I, I really never did. It wasn't a thing. Like, I wish when I was that age, I was more aware. Yeah. You know, I wish when I was in high school, I understood. I'm sure that. it's less common at the, well, this day and age, probably every high schooler is doing it. Were but, you just on the, what is this? The sticky yeah. thing on their hands? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think kids, some, some guys use pine tar and stuff, like maybe on mm -hmm. their hat. A lot mm -hmm. of guys, this is really stupid, but like, this is like guys I played with in college. Like they would just rub pine tar spots into their hat. Not out of any practical use or utility while they're playing, just because they thought it looked cool to have a wear <laughs> spot in your hat, you know? Sure. <laughs> um, I had a hole in my hat in high school because hazing ritual, some seniors like burned my hat. Oh. What a weird hazing uh, ritual. I don't know. I don't know hazing. They were just screwing around. Yeah. But. Anyway, never did the sticky stuff, but I do remember 
Um, I mean, played relatively high level baseball, whatever. There was like a guy. I, I've thrown like the major league balls and the, the minor league balls before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember one day at, we had some minor league balls at, at the ballpark one day here in at the school, university, whatever. We were practicing and uh, I remember throwing that thing and like on a normal high school baseball, like the, the laces are raised up on the ball. So you have like a little bit better mm-hmm. leverage on it. Mm-hmm. You can just mm-hmm. feel them. They're a little thicker. And I remember on this ball, like the laces feel almost flush with the baseball. Mm-hmm. And so for me, by this time in college, I was not throwing as hard as I was when I first went up there. My arm was hurting and stuff. So I was like, I would just throw, uh, I mean, I still threw relatively hard, but like my pitch was like a sinker. I threw a two seam fastball. It ran into the, the hands on a right handed hitter. And drifted away from a left-handed hitter. And I would throw like 90% of those. And that's like how I'd get my outs. And I remember throwing that that minor league baseball with the laces almost flush with the the ball. And I was like, it felt like I was cheating. The ball <laughs> just would dart all over the place. Oh, wow. Like it just moved so much. I, I did, was not expecting that. Like you would think with the laces sticking up, it would move more. But for some reason, yeah, that didn't. Yeah, say the yeah. opposite. And then I heard, or, you know, as far as I understand it, you know, the major league balls are, like, even more flat. They're even worse, like, less grippy and stuff. So I could see why guys want to get a grip, but also it's definitely gone overboard to where they're cheating. Yeah, it's insane. And uh, I also just, after that day, I always remember, like, how does anybody hit a baseball in the minor leagues and pros? Because if I could make it move that much, those professional pitchers who are throwing, like, 98 or whatever, like, Mm-hmm. It's just not even fair. How? But uh, I, mean, I feel like I barely have enough well, like hand-eye coordination to pour my coffee correctly in the morning. So, right. yeah, I've shattered a coffee pot or two just misjudging putting it back on the counter. So, <laughs> That's... so there's James reminiscing about old times. You know, <laughs> to, to cap it off, I could throw that ball over those mountains over That's there. That's right. Yeah, you know? drink for every I uh, every. I could have been a pro baseball story, James. If only, if only coach would have. Put me in or whatever. I mean, you did play with the World Series champion. Did they win it? Yeah. They did win it, yeah. All right. Well, if our listeners keep want, want to keep hearing things that have nothing to do with what this <laughs> podcast is about. Uh, relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox for the last few years. Played with him in college. And then he threw you? very yeah. hard. And he would get lit up <laughs> almost every time he threw. Because he threw like 98. But like, uh, it was just straight. His ball was just like a... Once it left his hand, you knew where it was going to end up. Yeah. And he, he mm-hmm. hadn't developed like a breaking pitch yet. So he was literally just throwing out. He was, they'd throw him out there. He was throwing all fastballs. And when you throw that hard and they can, and they hit it, I mean, it, it goes pretty far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so. Somebody saw something they like. Well, yeah. I mean, you throw 98 and they'll find a way. Yeah, to yeah. They'll work, they'll, they'll work <laughs> in know? there. Uh, yeah. he, had, he was like transitioning from catcher to pitcher. Like he was recruited as a catcher at our school. And he was like the, I want to say like the second or third on the depth chart for catching. And I mean, he had a cannon. So it's like, you mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to, pitching is very like leg intensive. You have strong legs, you know, you're, it helps you pitching, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Um, so if you're catching, it's not very conducive to also pitching. It just wears right. your legs out for time. So they transitioned him to pitcher at that time and he was taking his lumps. What else do you guys want to know about my baseball career? The only other thing I remember from that team, really, like, this is really stupid. I, I couldn't 
I could tell you like maybe five sequences of pitches I remember throwing that year. And then other than that, like there was a time where it snowed and our, we had the tarp over the field and there was ice and one of our crazy Southern hillbilly guys on the team went and slid across the ice on the uh, tarp in just his oh uh, compression shorts, just wearing nothing, basically <laughs> naked. And that was cool. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and then on a road trip one time, our shortstop pooped in his pants because he was too afraid to ask them to stop the bus. <laughs> and I, I do remember that. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, That's college sad. baseball, man. <laughs> one time, uh, one of my one of my teammates almost got in a fight with our head coach during a game while we're out on the field. Like, I think I might have been pitching when it happened because there was no Jeez. other reason I would have been out on the field, I think, at that point. Uh Maybe I was playing third base or something. But anyway, there was like a commotion in the dugout. And sure enough, like they're like having to be held back from each other. (laughs) College baseball. College baseball is rough. Yeah. This is way too long of an intro. Um, So what what were you going to say, Zach? I was going to say, uh, speaking of of college, at one point before college, I was in the eighth grade. (laughs) <laughs> is that when you started listening to this band? I think it was actually the seventh grade. It might have even wow. Yeah, young. it was. It was pretty early. Uh, Would you like to tell our listeners what the band's name is? Yeah. So the I'll give you everything. The album we're listening to is "Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child" by the band Norma Jean. Norma Jean, "Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child." <laughs> So, so this band, um, the way I discovered them, and part of the reason I discovered them so young is because one, I had friends that were my age that had cooler, older brothers. And uh, Mm. in the very, very, very small town that I'm from, there's another small but slightly larger town next to us called Canton that it had this venue known as the Revelation Room, which was like the just random you know off of interstate christian music venue so they played a show i think they even played there when they were known as Ludicrous, which is you know like two years before this <laughs> this album came out i saw that on wikipedia i was like this is probably like the worst band name i've ever how seen how is that it's, spelled it's like lewd like l-e-w no like no it's it l-u-t-i-k-r-i-s-s this is really mean too but like <laughs> When yeah. I read that band name, I was like, okay, so that's why they thought that album art was a, a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that even? Luti Chris. What, yeah. where, is that just like, we're trying to spell Ludacris differently? I think differently, so. But, I'm actually not sure. But like, wasn't Ludacris already like a well-known rapper at that time? You know, I'm not sure. Or no. I don't, I don't know if, 
Maybe not. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe they thought it was clever because it's like, it was like naming yourself after a rap thing. You know, well, this, this was like 1999, so I don't know how big Ludacris was at that point, you know? This yeah. actually, I think that was like 97 when that first Ludacris came out. Um, but they did obviously change their name so they wouldn't be associated with Ludacris. That's why they changed it? Yeah. But somewhere I, in, in a box somewhere, I have like their first split EP with Travail, which is like a Dallas-based uh, Christian new metal band back in like their mm. late 90s as well and it's not great to be honest <laughs> uh but i ha- but i own it so we'll be covering so it wait, on your so next did, but i think we distracted you did you see norma jean at this no, venue no i did not but uh my friends cool older brothers did and so they all like had okay. the cd and shirts and mm. stuff uh and that was kind of my introduction to heavy music was it this album that you were introduced yeah to? This, this album because when this came out, I was like 10 years old. So I was like mm-hmm. 10, 11 listening to this. So it's a good first heavy album to yeah. get into. So, so what did you think of it, Zach? I, I'll go last. Actually, you know what? I'll explain why I love this album just before you guys like talk about it. It's just, it's so chaotic. And like, if you compare it to a lot of their peers, like a lot of stuff kind of going on this, in this time frame. It's kind of like the, especially in like the, the Christian metal scene, you know, like you have early Under Oath in this, this time period, like, which is like a grindcore band at that point. I don't know if you listen to like Cries of the Past or Act of Depression era Under Oath, but they're very similar to like, they have other peers like Zayo or like Living Sacrifice. Did you say Zayo? Like Z-A-O? Yeah. I always thought it was Zao. Whoop. I mean, I I could be wrong. I've I've heard nobody talk about this band except for myself. So, uh, <laughs> but like they, and it kind of became a trend after this too. But like every like heavy Christian band, their albums were not consistently heavy throughout. Like this album is just like it's p- like pure chaos, like start to finish. There's no like, hey, let's put a melody or a hook here. Like it's just pure like let's knock down a wall like let's just play really loud noise and like play weird chords there is a 15 minute post rock song that's true but that but you know there's no but it doesn't let up much right. yeah yeah it has and i feel like too, that yeah. is like they pull in like influences that are more like sludgy that like other bands out of their peers really didn't do But yeah, let's yeah. let's roundtable this before I just keep talking. Uh, James, what did you think about this? I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, hold on, one sec. I was trying to look up one other band really quick. Okay. Before. See, I before I need to get my list together before we. I was about to say. No, that's, into it. This is one of the times I'm actually <laughs> excited to hear your list. 
No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. No, because I, I I'm it. curious on, to see. It's the best I don't part. Have a huge list. Oh, I don't really, I'm just curious um, to see like but, what you come up with or like what how much. No, overlap. I was going to say I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected. So I have unfairly had like dismissed this band. Yeah, as like just a warp tour band that was all style and no substance. I think a lot of people do with them. And listening to it, it's like wow, these guys like. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying like I loved it or anything, but I sure. did enjoy it a lot more than I did than I than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought listening to it, like, okay, these guys have good influences, which, you know, <laughs> matters to me when it shouldn't. But, and I heard a lot of bands that I like in what they're doing, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> good job. Botch. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So, um, so to, cavity is a band to stop you at botch real quick. They used to get a lot of shit for being I noticed like that a, I googled a botch ripoff band at first. They've right. grown out of that a lot, but um, there is a really funny anecdote because they played uh, a uh, one of the final bot shows, uh, and there there was like a lot of people went to see Norma Jean who were like younger, and when Botch got on stage, they were like, "Oh, like when did Norma Jean get back on stage?" Was kind of the just like the funny sentiment, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously Botch definitely hear it. I still like enjoy <laughs> like Botch's albums more than this, but sure, that's mostly just what I'm into, right? So, uh, hold on, my Botch, my Norma Jean Botch anecdote. I remembered it wrong. They did not play a show together, but people did think that Botch was Norma Jean, so. Oh, they just oh. thought Norma Jean was playing and they weren't yeah. even playing. So, it's rough. let me just say, like, I thought, yeah, they sound like Botch, obvious comparison. I thought there's a lot of Deftones moments on the album. Oh. Uh, so, if you want to go into the future. They did a song with Chino. They saw it. I was trying to. Yeah, okay. I, there, I, there was, like, some riffs that I was like, okay, either they aped that from Deftones or Deftones did it from them later. They technically. Like, it's the exact same riff. They technically wrote and an so album with I Chino. Googled it. Yeah. I was trying to find it and I couldn't find the song that it was like the exact riff from from Death oh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that and then I liked um I, I, I liked the singer. I thought the singer's like vocal performance was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed the guitar work on the album. A lot of cool stuff. <laughs> what you guys think about the drums because i feel like i feel a certain way but i want to hear y'all's takes and and i guess with that I'll, I'll just leave the list at two bands i mean i heard like cavity and other stuff like that yeah. as well and, and like a lot of like sludge too like acid bath and i hate god and stuff in there as well a little bit and then like some mathy things and there's a moment in this album where they sound just like isis and i'll stop there well, okay go ahead right. go ahead patrick hannah which whichever um I felt pretty neutral towards it. Um, I probably also liked it a little more than I thought. Um, uh, yeah, a neutral from Hannah for I, this is like a win for me. So. Yeah, I was expecting a negative. <laughs> yeah. 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 And honestly, I didn't really like listen to it as attentively as I normally would just because I haven't really been listening to that much music because I'm it's been a in, very like, a busy living situation in lives currently. of the club, club, club. Yes. Um. So yeah, I just kind of felt neutral towards it. I didn't hate it. I thought there were some cool parts. 
but that's about it yeah i can't wait till we get to talk about why this 15 minute long song shouldn't have been 15 minutes long (laughs) (laughs) yeah go ahead patrick what about you patrick um i'm fairly similar to hannah although maybe the less slightly less negative um i i liked it um i also didn't necessarily love it but um there's a couple did you songs. like it more or less than you thought you would or is this pretty um, much what you expected I expected to be pretty open to it so um i think it was pretty in line with what i expected cool. but mm-hmm. um there was one song that stood head and shoulders above the rest to me and i'm interested if you guys will predict which one it is okay. but we okay. can get into that later um, i'm excited it's my favorite song too it's mine too <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you really know? No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. But, I, but um, I hope I know. I, I think one thing that kept me from liking the album more is that I felt it was too long. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that sentiment. It's, I think it's probably their longest album. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have any facts to back that up, but I don't. They their next album has a couple of long tracks, but after this, like, they don't mm-hmm. do the very long tracks anymore. So, yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, the one song that I like a lot, I, I love that song. And if the, if the rest of the album was more like that, this would have been like a big hit. I think it might not be the one I'm guessing. Me, is but, it um, is it the same with you, Hannah? Like you guys, you know what song this is? Yeah, I know what song it is, and it's yeah, also my favorite. Okay, okay, all right. Well, Zach, what's your favorite song? Can I guess? No, I'm kidding. I don't want to guess. No, I want to hear what Patrick's uh, on about. Well, yeah, just say what it is. Well, yeah, I want you guys to guess it first. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> My favorite song on the album is the Memphis song. Yeah, that's the fan favorite. And it has, yeah. Is that how you were introduced to me without you as well? Uh, You know, I don't... What's funny is I actually didn't realize that was Aaron Wise until like a couple of years after I discovered both bands. Nice. So it, it was like, I looked it up later and was like, whoa, cool. I heard it. Yeah, I heard we were the guest spot and I was like, man, that sounds like, that sounds like me without you. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm so sure it's not. Like, can I, I guess what the song is? I looked it up later and it was. Yeah, Sorry. guess guess what my favorite song it's, is. I'm going to guess either Organized Beyond Recognition or Used to Hate Cell Phones. No. Neither of those. Wow. It well. is sometimes it's our mistakes that make for the greatest ideas and i like that one because i feel like it uh it's a lot different it's it's very different from all the other songs it has more almost like it yeah post hardcore in more kind of indie sound to it i feel like um, yeah sure and i just That's really like track. that like they like using some different chords than what they do in the other songs and they like kind of it doesn't sound as like like i don't know um you definitely notice it when it comes right on. just like do 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 it almost that. reminds me of like you will notice by the trail of dead or a little like bit, yeah. some kind of band like that oh yeah mm-hmm. so that's a uh, that's kind of more what they did in their second album if you want to check that one out okay okay well, that sounds yeah. exciting yeah i really like the ending of that song too how they build up to that like uh just like the classic post-hardcore like ending there like yeah 
shorter tracks too. Not the, Not shortest, the shortest, but yeah, one of the shorter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think my favorite is probably um, organized beyond recognition or creating something out of nothing only to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, James. Um, that drum intro on creating something out of nothing. If that sounds familiar, there's a goon song that I almost ripped off that drum intro <laughs> entirely. I don't play it as well, but it's. I was very so, inspired by that that drum part. Oh yeah, yeah, James. What did you think? You had some comment about the drums. I I, I didn't necessarily have a strong me, opinion about them. I, I thought I they were fine. Like for the, the drums to me sounded like maybe the performances were a little on the weak side. Mm, on some I songs. okay. But I hate to say that because it's like this dude's very talented. He's obviously like playing the crap out of the drums. Just for me, like doesn't. I think didn't it's hit with me more of a and, production and thing. It could Some be of the, the sound. tom sounds were a little weird. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Could be the yeah. The tom sounds like it just doesn't sound as um, controlled or something. Sure. Is that it's fair? It's fair. I, I at times have... I thought maybe he was like missing a little bit, but I, I was like thinking like, well, I'm I've only listened to it a couple times. I maybe just be like. It's 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 like a mathy album, so it could just be sure. me not not getting it, but that's so, what I was kind of afraid to save my thoughts on it. It's interesting because the drums is like something that I love the most about it at this album. The way he writes is I feel like a little atypical of this genre sometimes. And some of that stuff isn't really as apparent on this album, but it's more apparent later into their discography. Jean album or what i don't because one thing that i did over the last couple of weeks is i went and listened to their entire discography mm. and i filled in some of the gaps there's a couple of albums i didn't i feel like i didn't give due diligence when they first came out and i listened to them and i'm like man this is actually 10 times better than i thought it was you know like mm-hmm. when i was in yeah. the you know 12th grade or whatever <laughs> so i don't know because they don't i feel like they haven't put out a bad album and yeah. if you looked at their list of members, like they do have a a very uh, like rotating lineup. So from album to album, their sound changes a lot. So, so did I read that they don't have a single original member in the band anymore? They do not. But uh, like their bass player quit after this album, and you know, like the vo- vocalist quit after this album and started mm-hmm. the Chariot, uh, which the Chariot mm-hmm. put out a bunch of really good albums as well. So the Chariot's great. I think like it's weird to me when this happens to bands where like the original members are all gone. Sepultura happened to them. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it is weird. Yeah. To me, it's like change the name. It's not that it's not the same band anymore. I I think that yeah, works I, sometimes I agree to an extent, but I also think like there, if it's a, a band that's just been like going on for a while, it's like sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter that someone's not an original member, especially if it's yeah. a band that's just had more people coming in and out. Like if it's someone's been in the band for like sure five, sure. 10 years, like what does yeah. it matter that they're not an original member? I think member? it is like an interesting notion when like a band becomes sort of like a project and it's different yeah. people yeah, coming through. But, but yeah, for like Norma Jean, like, you know, yeah. Corey Brandon's been their vocalist since 2004. 
you know, like, and then their guitar players were in the band. And I think their guitar players write a lot. Like this is mostly the guitar players band and they were in the band for, you know, 15 years. So they're not having any original members or what right now they're technically a two piece. So they just have, (laughs) they basically the members kind of all quit, but they still write. And so he Mm -hmm. just hires like touring members is essentially what's going on now. But anyways, I to finish my thought about the drums <laughs> to bring it back. Um, something that he does, it's kind of it happens a couple times in this album. But it, it's part of the reason I almost chose the second album is he lets everything kind of just like he lets all the music just kind of like like sit where it needs to sit in a way that like metalcore drummers kind of in this era had this tendency to like overplay everything of like i'm playing like 16 or 30 second notes like everything's a fill anytime that you hit like the open chord i have to hit double bass like that was like the standard and there's Mm -hmm. parts of this album where you know like they're doing like their typical chug riff and he's just playing like a straight like do do cat do do cat beat just like Mm -hmm. grooving behind it and that that and then it'll go into like this weird like off time beat and I just appreciate like he has the like wherewithal to like sit back and kind of let the guitars handle the heavy, you know, like you don't have to sit there and like overplay to get what you're trying to get, you know. I want to hear Patrick respond to the drum sound stuff or drum performances or, or Hannah if she would like. I mean, and I already kind of said I I, I I I thought the drums were fine. I think it's a pretty good some drum sound, not necessarily a outstanding i mean i think it's a it's a good drum sound the toms sometimes sound a little weird like kind of like the tone just the tone of the toms is kind of like weirdly choked or something sometimes but um, did you guys think the production sounded made it made the album sound dated yeah i Um, i thought like the production was relatively good on this like i i thought it was not overly dated a a little bit but not not really i think this is a very early album that adam d produced and he definitely got better as he went on um, if you don't know, Adam D is the Killswitch Engage guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did this. He did some uh, some under oath as well. After this, even if he got better, though, it's like getting a heavy album to sound this good is not easy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought I thought even it was if like, it could potentially sound better, I appreciated that it didn't sound like a Suicide Silence album or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. It sounded like <laughs> stupid. It's mean. It sounded good to me so on the topic of goon um <laughs> the in the lead track right at 220 the whole concept of goon that whole band that whole project we do is all just doing that with which part riffs. in norma jean are you talking about uh, the first song at 2.20. First song, 2.20. That is all. That is the band. That is <laughs> we We have based an entire band around, Zach and I have, <laughs> uh, around just doing that with songs. And so that happens many times you on the album. You guys need to get a vocalist. We do, Zach can do it. We He sent us that yeah, track of him screaming. Can you play drums and do like screaming? I don't know. That's, that sounds time? like a lot. <laughs> no, we'll get like a real drummer, Zach. You could try. <laughs> okay. Honestly, yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> Um, and then uh, <laughs> Patrick can play drums. 
Zach's better than but me. He I'm lives sure. across the country. But Hannah can do linear drumming. She told us. In the I can do what? Linear drumming, like we talked about in the podcast. This <laughs> <laughs> weird ass pronunciation of the word linear. 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 I don't know. Linear. What am I supposed uh, to say? I what did, I, what linear, did I say that was weird? Linear. Oh, yeah. It was like linea, Spanish. I don't know. I had a baseball bat again on baseball. Weird. It was called Here the Linea. And it was my like when I first real one of my first real mm. good bats. And did it ever poop its pants? And then like when you play baseball, everyone says it's a line drive. It's a linea, you know, play with play yeah. the Mexicans growing up. You know, I mean, I get that it's pronounced Sorry. It's like it's I don't like know. Spanish, but you don't really. I didn't Spanish. know. I, I never say linear. I always say linear. Say however you want. No, I don't want to. That's com- a, it's I just a common theme amusing. on the podcast is me getting shamed for my Nothing English. wrong with it, James. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out then. That we based an entire band I am an excellent linear that. drummer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. And so that's happened. Like, I appreciate that about metalcore, the breakdowns. I like the breakdowns. Mm-hmm. They're fun. And theirs are well done. And um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I feel like theirs are well done and they are well inspired. They're not just like they do it, really like the like chug chug high note dyad or triad. Yeah, dissonant yeah. dissonant yes. triad. Like bringing a knife to a good fight. Like bringing a knife to a good But they um they do a lot of different like panic chords they like uh experiment with a lot of different ones i thought that was kind of cool so like you mentioned like it's so frenetic sounding and stuff and i did not it didn't sound that crazy to me when i was listening to it you know uh-huh. I just maybe I have a different measurement of frenetic, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I disconnected. But uh, so going back to I guess specifically the drummer, uh, I did ask if you guys could find like there was a connection of a band we always bring up. Um, I'm sorry. On this podcast, and uh, I we don't... were supposed to do this for homework. Yeah, you had, you had a lot of time. We probably it was forgot too long ago. I don't um, remember you saying that. And then I didn't realize that like. The Deftones could have been the answer, and then like Me Without You could have been the answer. But oh, what wow. I was actually thinking of was uh, Daniel Davison, the drummer for Norma Jean, recorded uh, studio drums for The Color of Old. Oh, oh and we haven't even covered them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just come we, up we just they come up like all the time. So I yeah. disconnected in the middle of that last conversation. <laughs> I'm back to ruin the podcast. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned something earlier that. I thought was cool, Zach. Like, what if we did a round where we just pick like something from our high school days that was significant? Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Would you guys <laughs> be up idea. for that, Patrick yeah. and Hannah? Is that yeah. too precious? No, no. Nah. I think it's a good idea. I've kind of already done it too. Yeah. Me, I don't know if I have yet. I don't know if I have. I haven't. I did not develop decent musical taste like you guys did. You guys all did it. Way I know. I did. I was a very Patrick very late bloomer either. in terms of music. But like my junior senior year, I started to listen to some albums that I finally started to develop a musical taste. Um, mm-hmm. There's things you could pick, but like Mogwai, that Mogwai album I oh, was okay. listening to senior year of high school. Cool. 
it was all like just metal bands and i something caught my ear about modest mouse when that uh float on song hit the radio sure mm-hmm. and i went and just bought their back catalog and then i guess i got into like indie rock and stuff mm. through that yeah but i was still a poser for years after. <laughs> i think i peaked in around 2003 when this when i was listening to this so so did any of you guys read the lyrics because i didn't know that's okay so i'll give you like a brief overview their lyrics are very vague especially in this stage um moving on they you know they have a different vocalist so obviously the lyrics are different and then when when josh goggin writes in the chariot he he kind of he you know he's older everyone on this album is like 19 when it was recorded so they're you know they're very young but the general consensus this album is kind of about uh the church being too nice and tidy and too organized you know like i mean that's kind of the organized beyond recognition is that you know mm-hmm. that's that literally what that means you know like it's supposed to be nitty-gritty and you know it's supposed to be like their music like it can be chaotic you know mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that and then you know christianity shouldn't be just like a fashion you know it's kind of that's literally a lyric from memphis will be laid the ways so but that that's the general overview of the lyrics Lots. Are uh, they still like oh, go ahead, uh, considered a Christian band? They are. Now? Yeah. Okay. They cool. got some flack from the Christian community because they they put bad words in their music now. Yeah. You know, curse words, <laughs> and it's like there's there no, no in the curse Bible. words in this album. There's not. Um, you probably can't even understand what they're saying, so it's a big deal. <laughs> but it's like you know, there's no point in the Bible where it says don't say the f word. You know. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go through some tracks real quick. Um, so James, what did you like about that Memphis one? Yeah, let's let's talk about Memphis. <laughs> just that intro riff is amazing. Just the groove, it grooves right, and it's dissonant, and uh huh, I dig it. It's kind of like cheap in a way of like how it gets you. It's like it's a poppy song, you know, <laughs> disguised as like a heavy. Yeah, bludgeoning thing. It's so I mean, it is interesting because it's like I feel like that's a standout on this album because there's nothing else. Oh well, James has disappeared, (laughs) but uh, there's nothing else on this album is that is like poppy like that. Like that's is like catchy. So it it is kind of it's not a surprise that it's like the fan favorite. Yeah, Patrick partially had a theory about why the this is a fan favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know if this is true or not. Just me making crap up but um i feel like it's a really good song title memphis will be laid to waste it like catches your eye catches your attention like you know even just like the song immediately before it like face colon face a face to face i guess yeah it's just like whatever that's a fine song name but it doesn't really get your attention where it's like memphis will be laid to waste what does that mean it's kind of like, like intriguing and it's yeah. not so long so it's like you can easily remember the whole thing right. and like so i feel like that kind of i don't know probably contributed to like the band's success in a way and this the success of the song like yeah. which is just funny to think about like 
you, I, I, sometimes that can't happen. I think just the name of something like contributing to its mm. success. I don't think you're wrong. I do think that Solid State pushed this song in samplers, and like yeah. I think this was like. But it, it, but there's I'm sure there were other songs on the sampler that didn't catch on. That's true. The, you're you're not wrong. Fans. You're not wrong. Um, yeah. If you watch, did anyone watch the music video for Memphis Willie Laid to Waste? No. no. So it's the last video I believe they shot for this album. So their bass player and vocalist had already quit by that point. So the vocalist mm. in the video is just like the the guy who filled in on tour. So it's just kind of mm. funny to see a guy like kind of wow. pantomime the song. Yeah. Jeez. So why couldn't the band stay together? Well, before before we I mean, change subject, the at forty five seconds in this song. They sound exactly like ISIS. Like they go full <laughs> post metal. Uh, is that just that, that? Oh yeah, that was a cool part. Yeah, that's just like that riff. That's just it's just it's just the guitar part. Like there's nothing else. You just kind of like. Yeah, it just gets a little space. There's sort of a reverb and like wordless yeah, yeah. vocal there too. Yeah, but yeah. Before that, like I think one of the things that caught my ears on this song when I first heard it was, I, and it's kind of weird, but when he like clears his throat doing his, <laughs> I wrote down like, that I dislike that he did that. I, well, I really <laughs> wait, like wait, that. Where is that? Where is that? It's, it's the, the intro of the song. It's in the intro. <laughs> like before he even comes, like he like screams and then. Uh-huh. He just goes. I, <laughs> all of those moments like that just make me think like that's why they like that stupid album art. <laughs> I mean, you also have to think like these are nineteen year olds, you know, eighteen, nineteen. Right. <laughs> it makes more sense now, but like it's also very impressive that like a nineteen and eighteen year old crew made this album. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. really well done for for their age. All right, before we talk about the album, where the hell is this uh, throat? Clearing? I don't know. I can't we'll find, find it later, James. Talk about the 15 minute long song. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I get it. Like the song's trying to convey that like it's about repetition and the slog of repetition and how. Oh, is it? I'm assuming so. And they were trying to be like deep by making the song 15 minutes long. But Mm -hmm. I listened to it a couple times. and I'm just like, I don't see a reason why it's this long. And I stopped listening to it after that. I just skipped it. My subsequent listens. That's funny because I I probably gave up on it too early, but. I thought you would like that song. Like, I thought that was the one song you would like on this album, and I thought you'd hate everything else, so. Really? Yeah. I mean, there were parts where I'm like, yeah, this is fine, but I guess I would just lose interest after a while. What if you didn't, weren't looking at the track list and didn't know it was just one song? Then would you have cared? Um, like just pretend that it's like three songs. I guess I need to go back and listen to it again. But I remember feeling like none of these riffs sound like particularly inspired or that as interesting relative to the rest of the album. So. Yeah, gotcha. Interesting. I just thought it was one of the weaker songs in general too, despite it. In addition to it being fifteen minutes long and longer than what I'd want to sit through. What did you how did you guys Patrick feel about it? Fifteen yeah. minutes. I don't. I didn't list like any song in this album, so I'll just put that out there. <laughs> I felt neutral towards it. What about you, Patrick? Same, yeah. All right, so you I guys didn't, agree like, with me? Offend me? Yeah, no. 
Um, there's so one the, song. I didn't skip it. Um, that I can't remember what it is. I didn't make very good notes for this album. Uh, there's one song that has like a more like talky, like sassy uh, vocal part that isn't the Aaron Weiss part. Um, which one is yeah, that? I used to hate cell phones. I kind of liked that part. Let me find it. That's Chino Moreno style vocaling. vocaling. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, it sounds like old school Deftones. See, and I think this this song was one that I was drawn to because of the song title. Because back then, I thought that was a super like edgy song title. Because it was like, you know, before the real prolifer proliferation of cell phones like you know this was mm-hmm. early 2000s do y'all like this is a thought i was having while i was listening to this it's just like this style of music got super popular metalcore and the warp tour bands and they'd call it post-hardcore but it's not post-hardcore um not my post-hardcore <laughs> <laughs> uh when i started my first band We'd go play at like crappy venues with terrible bills, no promotion. It was just bad shows, right? And we'd play with like 10 bands that tried to sound like this band or the bands that that came after this band that got big, like August Burns Red and like those Mm -hmm. garbage bands. And sorry if you're listening, August Burns Red. Uh, And so I just keep thinking like, it's like these weird nostalgic moments where I'm like, I remember playing at Fat Daddy's and these bands sounding like this and their drummers (laughs) being so terrible trying to pull off the stuff these guys are doing. It's just like fond memories of playing bad shows. Yeah, yeah. Our band would play and like we did not sound like these breakdown bands. And I think people would be like, what is this? And if there was anybody there, they would leave, you know? Yeah, understandable. You're not as cool. You're not playing breakdowns, dude. <laughs> but uh, another thing I wanted to get at is like, this is 2010, 2009-ish. So it's like, this stuff is way past its prime by then. And it's still, sure. it was still super ubiquitous to me. With the... Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess that's why I have like a bad bias against some of this music, I guess. Just seemed a lot of, a lot of derivative bands came out. Patrick, did you find that part? No. Uh, well, so I, I found the part in I Used to Hate Cell Phones, but I don't think that's the part I'm thinking of. But I can't oh, okay. find the part I'm thinking of. Maybe I'll come across it later. Hmm. Um, I did find another part that I liked in a different song, though. Um, okay. Let's talk about The end of The Human Face Divine yeah. has sort of this post-Rocky part that I thought was really cool. I like that part a lot. guitars yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. i think my organized beyond recognition now that i'm thinking about it is my favorite song on the album oh wow um there's just there's so much i love about that that song like that intro riff is like it's so catchy because it's just like it's so simplistic and it's like kind of dissonant 
Actually, it's very dissonant. Um, and the drums come in. And the way that he writes the lyrics for this song, like everything's kind of in the same like rhythmic pattern for the, I guess, for the melody. So it's just like a very long, repetitive song. And for some reason, it's super catchy because of that. Mm -hmm. But also, there's like this nostalgic factor of like, I liked the song when it first came out, but also like, this is a song that Jed and I used to like yell at each other on stage all the time, mm -hmm. like joking around <laughs> between songs. Like he would, he would pick up a guitar and just play like, wah, wah, and that's all he knew how to play on guitar, which is like that riff. <laughs> We need uh, to have uh, Jed on the podcast. We should. And we should. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how fun. you guys feel, but I want to do an episode on that baby EP. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a good EP. Like, I don't think we're going to go on there and, and trash it. So why don't we no. just talk about it? No. Sure. And Patty Mac worked on it. Patty Mac did. <laughs> Zach I, probably wrote some of the stuff on there. I wrote it. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't perform it. No. But yeah, like he, so he like repeats that line over and over that white tie, black jacket. And it. And then he screams, I ain't seen you in a while. That's just something that's really fun to say to your friends. Um, <laughs> if you would like to just scream, I ain't seen you in a while. Especially if it's not true. <laughs> um, I like that track. I, I did like that they mixed in these different sounding moments on the album and stuff. It doesn't. It's not super homogenous. I I feel like you can come away still thinking that it is homogenous, though. But I it, think so. When you get but, in the nitty gritty. It's, yeah. it's it's got some pretty different stuff in there. Yeah. Um, Another very uh, catchy part in this album is that breakdown in face face, uh, where the, he just over and over screams, "She simply will not die." A, I didn't really like that part. It's very really? provocative. Like I thought, oh, this is like a high schooler would get into this. I think it's. I thought more... it was a little bit like. I thought the lyric was kind of like try hard for the metalcore. <laughs> there, there was a few like lyrics like that that I thought like they they talked about cities burning down or whatever. Of course, yeah. And yeah. The, I mean, bringing a knife to a gunfight, stuff like that. I uh, I love that. I love that line so much. It's. I mean, it's a little edgy, but like. I mean, it's a little edgy. Is it I mean, edgy? Is it? I think it is. Is this band snarky? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to read the lyrics. Yeah. I don't think they're that snarky. The music isn't overly. And I think, you know, like Memphis will be laid to waste. Like that title is directly from the Bible. So I think a lot of their allusions are technically biblical. So if you think the Bible's snarky. That's hmm. right. You'll think this is. Snarky. I mean, there's some snark in the Bible, but also uh, it, lyrically, like this album is not like preachy or anything. So I feel like it's mm -hmm. very palatable if you did get into it lyrically and you're not like a believer or anything. Like it's not like a. I mean, it's not like a like a Chris Tomlin or like David Crowder. Like, <laughs> like you're yeah. not like sitting there like singing, <laughs> "How great is our God?" over and it's over. It's not praise and worship. Exactly. We need to talk about this too. Like you, a lot of your, all of your choices almost so far on this podcast have been some sort of religious band. Like we're, it's, it's weird. You know, it's, it's not intentional. Band, very. But 
openly think, wrestling. I mean, I think a lot of the bands that you like and listen to are kind of like come from a similar background or something. So I guess that's part yeah, of it. I think that's it. And I think also a lot of them are Southern based. And that's just kind yeah, of which the, I guess that's more common. It's the it way seems like life, it. I mean, you know? and, and it, it is like very, um, it seems like that up goes with the Tyler scene. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, seems it's like, also like if you're in sixth grade and you're telling your mom, I want to go to a metal concert. Don't worry. They're Christian. I think it's an easier sell than <laughs> I'm going to a metal concert mom, you know? Yeah. No doubt. So, you know, some of those bands have like, come out and been like okay we're not really christian uh some of them have you know stayed the path and some of them but some of them were like we're just doing it for money which it's not a surprise but yeah stayed the path (laughs) stayed the course which i think is probably a christian metal band for us yeah Yeah, patrick and hannah need to go visit with their that's true we were like two hours into this episode i have but um (laughs) ran the podcast into the ground today that's okay very sorry i'm off work tomorrow describe this album (laughs) we really need to get into this it's like like a so a sort of like a monochromatic picture like black and white but they made it like yellow tinted and it's kind of like an old looking picture although it, it looks to me like it's probably actually a new picture they just try to make look like it's old or it could be actually be an old picture i don't know um but it's like a child smiling very creepily at the camera um like it looks like a movie poster for a Blumhouse production movie. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just like really like creepy grin. And then, yeah, it has a little bit of the movie style like text on it. Bless the martyr and kiss the child as performed by Norma Jean. And then it has all the members of the band. Their names are listed below that. Uh, and there's some kind of like gratuitous graphic design elements strewn around that. Like, I don't know little leaf things and like uh, things to make it look worn and just like random splotches and stuff like that it's looks about right for the time period so in terms of like the graphic design elements it sounds like most of you do not like this album art this might be no, my vote for like really the worst like album it, art yeah. we've had on the podcast interesting <laughs> so they went from this album art to their next one which was grammy nominated like for the album for the album packaging yeah wow wow just go look up like b-movie horror films and that's like (laughs) the album art (laughs) i see i actually like this album art um i don't know how much of that is the like the nostalgic factor but i don't know something about it just I, I really enjoy it. And I think it's because it's like kind of campy B-movie horror-ish. Yeah. And, it, you know, like, if you see this album art and hear this music, it's not like, it's not like a false advertisement. Like, this is exactly the kind of art I would expect from a band like this. So, James, what are we listening to next? Um, I'm picking an album that doesn't exist if you were to just go by the internet. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. I appreciate 
how surprised you seem, Hannah. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you're picking. I know, I know. Uh, I can't help myself. And it's been three weeks since we, we've been listening to this thing for three weeks, so I had time to think about it. Uh, we're going to do Keep the Camera Rolling by a band called Sea Lion. And I will send you guys a Google Drive uh, d- directory with the album, and, cool. and you can get it. And anybody listening okay. that wants to listen to it with us, email us at clubclub at hardiercables.com. I don't know if any of that gibberish that came out of my mouth made sense, but... Um, <laughs> And we'll send it to you, too. You can listen to it. Um, so, yeah. Sea Lion, keep the camera rolling next week on the Club Club podcast. Um, I re- realized this midway through the episode while I had disconnected and you guys were talking. Um, I never finished my story about my kids getting a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering uh, if you were going to tell the punchline. When, and then no, I thought maybe you changed your mind. When, after the party... So hold on, you didn't say, all you've said, James, is that you don't want your kids to have a scooter. Just forget it, I'll let it the whole Okay, thing. so. <laughs> <laughs> During the gift giving ceremony, <laughs> or whatever, uh, <laughs> Emmy ended up getting gifted a scooter, like some Spider-Man scooter or something, and my heart dropped, you know, and anyway, <laughs> the, the next day, while no one was looking, you know, I just went and rummaged around in the pile of gifts that were sitting in the living room Burned that hadn't it. been like opened yet and i just kind of i just rearranged where it was located in the house <laughs> put it in the trash can and I'm, I'm not like taking it away i'm not throwing it away i'm just saying maybe maybe if he never finds it it'll never happen you know? there you go anyway sorry thank you for listening to the club podcast sea lion keep the camera rolling next week uh email us at club club at hardaudiocables.com Hope you enjoyed this episode about Norma Jean and their poorly covered album. Amazingly covered. It was good, Zach. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, Patrick, need to set it to be sub 30 minutes at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Cut it all out. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Bye.